Hey, this is Adrian Hernandez, and welcome to the NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. We're here to give you some extra time with our speaker and ask some of the tough and interesting questions you want to hear most. If you haven't already, we hope you'll watch the full Grand Rounds webinar recording to learn more. All of our Grand Rounds content can be found at rethinkingclinicaltrials.org. Thanks for joining. So I want to welcome everyone to today's uh, podcast. Uh, today we're here with uh, George Ripsick, and he uh, just finished a great uh, presentation on Odyssey, uh, drawing reproducible conclusions from observational clinical data. And so from that, we'd like to extend the conversation in terms of learning more about Odyssey and its future. So George, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, it's pretty fascinating about how this um, developed. Can you give us a little bit of more history of how Odyssey started and, and why? Okay, very good. Well, first of all, many of us in Odyssey started in the field 30 years ago as a, at Columbia in 1988, and we've been working on observational health data, although we weren't calling it quite the same thing back then. Odyssey started as OMOP, Observational Medical Outcomes Partnership, about, um, let's see, eight or nine years ago now. And it was uh, funded by pharmaceutical industry to develop methods to improve observational research. And it was funded from pharmaceutical industry to the NIH Foundation uh, to several uh, academic researchers to uh, build methodology. So for five years, they worked hard to come up with methods to carry out observational research better. So they developed a data model, terminology, vocabularies, that is, and statistical methods that would do more, produce more reliable evidence. And frankly, during that time, they were building a team. That project ended naturally at the end of its five-year term, and that's when it took a turn where, under the original agreement, they were not allowed to do clinical research. That is, they could only develop methods, not carry them out to answer clinical questions. So at that point, the researchers from OMOP separated off outside of the government and formed Odyssey, with Columbia being the coordinating center, but with participants now from around the world, 25 countries, um, who can continue to develop methods and data models, but also can actually carry out clinical research. And that's been going on since the end of 2014. In that development, what, what, were, what were the some of the challenges? Was it um, uh, coming to standards around a common data model, uh, governance, or the methodology around observational research here? The data model ended up being a huge challenge because each database is in a different format and as you look around the world, certainly, each one is in a different, um, uses a different vocabulary, but even within the U.S., many different vocabularies are used. So it was a large effort to create the mappings from all these vocabularies to a single common vocabulary, or set of vocabularies, I should say. And the common data model evolved forward. So that was one part. The other big thing, as you alluded to, was the observational research methods. And so... Not the big surprise, I'll say, but the big you know, recognition is just how, um, how much we underestimate how uncertain our research results from observational data are. In other words, we'll write a paper that says that this is the answer I got, and here's the confidence interval around that, that uh, result. And as the databases get bigger, our confidence intervals get smaller. But then if you do and you try to verify that using some of the methods uh, that I talked about earlier uh, from Odyssey and from outside of Odyssey, frankly, uh, you see that these confidence intervals need to be much, there's much more uncertainty than is relayed in our confidence intervals and that it's causing a problem. And so then we 
come up with new methods. There are self-controlled case uh, series and self-controlled cohort studies that try to uh, have a patient serve as his own control. There are these calibration methods that um, look at negative controls to try to figure out what's going on, propensity score matching, and so forth. So a lot of methods are needed, and we're not done coming up with them yet, obviously. And um, now kind of turning to um, a bit, what, what are the current activities? What, um, what's been the, the focus and, and or examples of uh, projects or programs uh, with Odyssey? So what we've been doing is each year we come up with one major challenge to address at our annual symposium, which is held in October or September. And uh, in the previous years, the first year it was tools and getting the data model shared more broadly. The second year was much of what I showed today on doing the large-scale evidence. And the third year was what I showed last, which was howoften.org, that is for every drug, available around the world and every side effect coded in SNOMED, which is 300,000 terms, what is the rate at which these things occur? For this next year, what we're trying to do mainly, and it's not decided exactly what will be the big fanfare in October yet, but um, uh, it's extending beyond the depression study that we did as a proof of concept to actually generating the evidence uh, across many uh, clinical areas. So basically scaling it up and actually doing the job that we so far just did as a proof of concept. Now, um, you, you mentioned uh, kind of the openness of this. Uh, how do people get involved? Uh, the symposium in the fall, uh, it sounds like things have been really spreading out. Well, our first fall symposium is held always in Washington, D.C. We do that so that our government collaborators uh, can join the conference uh, more easily uh, and we can get more government employees from NIH, from the FDA, and other agencies uh, can easily join us. Our conference so far, and we have, um, last time we had about 450 people, is always free to everybody. So it's a completely free conference with almost 500 people and free lunch for everybody. Uh, so we need to raise money to do that. So we uh, um, increase our availability through not charging fees and not making money on the deal. Then, of course, as I explained, all our software goes uh, on the internet. As we do studies, we try to release them on the internet as quickly as possible. When I go and do talks, I'm used to people asking me, you know, let's say a panel, each, does a, each member of a panel does a talk, and then they get asked, well, can we share your slides? They're in the private things. And so nowadays, I can always say, do whatever you want. It's probably already on the internet. So I no longer have to worry about hiding my stuff because I've already shared it. And sometimes it's embarrassing because we do, don't always have good results or the results we expected, yet we share it all the time. Well, that's, a, that's really impressive. Uh, the openness and sharing is really um, a great set of uh, values here for not only Odyssey, but also for uh, everyone in, in research. Um, what, what do you see in, in, say, three to five years? Uh, how, how do you see Odyssey um, positioned and what will we be doing? Well, number one, we want to expand the network to even more countries. We're doing pretty well, but we want to continue. Um, South Korea will be moving, I believe, to the entire country. Germany is uh, going forward with a large um, nationwide uh, data network also. So we hope to see more of that. We want to extend uh, better into South America and Africa. Um, and so we cover the, really the whole world population. We did temporarily almost have Antarctica covered, but we hope to someday have seven continents covered by Odyssey. <clears throat> uh, 
On methodology, we, ex we of course expect to do further research in what are the best ways um, to carry this out and to test our assumptions that we're making. And frankly, we want to be generating large-scale evidence and having people use it day in and day out. An area I didn't talk about earlier was patient-level prediction. That is, given a specific patient with specific properties, what are that person's risk as opposed to the overall risk? And we have a work group that's been doing a good job on that, but that's something I didn't talk about and I think will be uh, basically the basis of precision medicine. Um, and we hope to, you know, in the future be working further on that. And one of the other kind of areas um, that um, people are uh, talking about often is uh, linkage. Uh, do you see that as um, um, a key component for Odyssey or how, how, how do you see that happening in the future? So first of all, Odyssey never links any databases because they don't actually hold the database itself. The, the Odyssey members hold the database behind their firewall and insofar as they can link their database to say, say they have an electronic health record database, if they can link it to a payer database, that would make that database stronger and more valuable in studies. Um, but we can't do the linking because we don't have access to the patient uh, identities. Um, I think that certain projects will go forward and we'll do some of that linking. The kind of linking uh, we do now is what I spoke uh, perhaps about earlier, which was, say, linking the um, tumor registry to our electronic health record database. So we're doing that as we go forward. The All of Us Research Program is, in fact, using the Odyssey data model as the basis of the clinical data, and we're aligning that with the genomic results that we will be getting in the future. And that is probably going to be the first test bit of doing that in Odyssey. Furthermore, the eMERGE network, which is NIH-led uh, consortium, which compares electronic health record data to uh, genomic data, has adopted the same Odyssey data model. And that will be another pilot where we start figuring out, well, how do we put these two things together? So that would also be in the five-year horizon. Well, that's terrific. So it sounds like a, a ton going on now and a ton going on in the future. So uh, really a wealth of um, data that's um, now, it sounds like, really um, being used uh, for um, generating evidence. And it sounds like soon you'll be able to expand and cover all seven continents. That's great. So uh, I want to thank you uh, for joining us uh, on this podcast. and. Uh, and also thank everyone else who are listening. And then as uh, people consider uh, joining us again, our next podcast will be with uh, Dr. Rachel Florence and launching the NESS uh, Coordinating Center Data Network to improve the use of real-world evidence in the medical device ecosystem. Hope everyone can join us then. Thanks for joining today's NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. Let us know what you think by rating this interview on our website and we hope to see you again on our next Grand Rounds, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.